Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We here. We live. We back. Back with another banger, banger, banger episode of the Dynasties podcast. It's one of your hosts, your boy, Darius Capers. Kung Fu Cape on the Twitch, you know, Darius underscore Capers on social media platforms, man. You know, just out here, got dollar in the dream, trying to make your lady sing, you know. And it's with me, my boy, my brother. Alex, go and introduce yourself to the people one more time, my boy. Hey, what's what it do, everybody? It's your co-host with the most, Alex Reed. Here to talk basketball with you, kind fellows and soft women. Uh, whoever's tuning in today, um, it's your boy. Follow me on Twitch, the highest order. Um, that's also my PSN. If you're trying to run 2K, you're trying to try and get the work in Call of Duty, let me know. Um, and the Instagram is 10GOLDBANZ underscore. That's 10 gold bands. Follow me. Follow me. Yes, sir. And we're going to go ahead and start the podcast with some breaking news. Breaking news, hot off the presses of yesterday afternoon. Brooklyn Nets, all-star, all-world, all-NBA guard Kyrie Irving has demanded a trade. According to many sources, Shams, I believe, was the first person to drop this knowledge to us. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets offered Kyrie an extension, but it was it had numerous stipulations the stipulations included them winning a championship, included him playing 60-plus games during the four-year tenure for him to get up to that max contract price that he was looking for. And Kyrie won with that. Ky- Kyrie said, nah, nah, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm not signing this. So with that being said, he demanded a trade. He, he didn't like the numbers. He didn't like the fine print. That's why you need to get you a lawyer out here to read these contracts when y'all sign athletes. So – uh, just starting from that point, Alex, what do you feel or how do you feel or what do you think regard regarding to that? Like the contract offer that they offered him and, and and what do you feel about his next steps of demanding a trade? Well, I think this was perfectly calculated. And if he really wants to go to where I think he wants to go, he can give them all the leverage that they need with one sentence. But I'll get to that in a little bit. Carrie Irvin is a special guy. We all know that he's a bucket. Let's get that out the way. The Dynasty's podcast fully believes that Kyrie Irving is one of the best buckets you can get in this league. So we're just going to get that out of the way right now. Yes. Now let's get to the next part. You can't trust him that much because whenever there's something going on, you want your two best guys to be playing as much as possible. Kevin Durant got a little injury history. And as a team, I can see why they would want all these stipulations because they're saying, hey, Ben Simmons is clearly not who we thought we traded for or trading for, and we need you. So I don't think it's like really an insult to them, to Kyrie. I don't think the franchise is trying to insult them. I think they're just trying to get a little safety jacket, a little seatbelt. But Kyrie ain't, you know, he's not with that. Kyrie Irving with his play style can play till he's 45, not 45, 40, 39, 40, just like Jamal Crawford could. Um, Just because he's, you know, just finessing people all game. So, I think, you know, Lakerland, that's where I wore this with the Kobe background. Kyrie need to come to the Lakers so we can get some of that, but um, I see both sides. I really do. Shout out Kobe, man. You know, we always got to give respect to the Mamba, one of the greatest ever, greatest the basketball court, man. You know, shout out legend. 
But uh, yes, I I back everything that Alex just said, man. Us at the Dynasty Podcast, we respect Kyrie as a basketball player wholeheartedly, man. You know, one of the best talents we've ever seen grace a basketball court. I mean, he's seven, eight-time All-Star, three, four-time All-NBA, NBA champion. Uh, he's, I mean, his his basketball accolades speak for themselves. I mean, it's not too many people that could have played less than 20 games in college and still went first overall. So he uh, he's one of the better point guards we've seen in our era come into the league from high school to college to the NBA. But I also see where you're coming from, Alex. I agree. They needed to have some type of safety net for themselves because one of the points that you mentioned that I do kind of want to want to piggyback off of, they already gave Kevin Durant four years, $190 million. And Kevin Durant's been hurt every single season with the Brooklyn Nets besides the one season that they lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. So they can't just shell out another max contract to an injury-prone guy. They're already paying Ben Simmons the max. Ben Simmons is also hurt right now. He was hurt early to start the season. He was hurt when they traded for him. So I completely understand them wanting to put stipulations on his contract. I guarantee if they could go back and do it, they would have put stipulations in Ben Simmons' contract. They probably wouldn't have done it for Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant's that guy. You don't want to alienate your number one. But with Kyrie's history of being hurt and then being healthy but not being available to play, I mean, it's just you have to – you have to look out for yourself at the end of the day, man. And the Brooklyn Nets are not in the business of just giving guys money, giving guys hundreds of millions of dollars. And so that's why I understand it. And I also get it from Kyrie's perspective. He feels as though he's one of the 10, 15 best players in the league, which is what we also believe as well. And so with Kyrie being on this level, like we talked about off air, man, he's one of seven guys, eight players this season, averaging 27, five and five. It, and those names include the likes of Giannis, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James. You know, these are guys that are multi-time all-stars, multi-time first team All-NBA guys, multi-time MVPs. So, I mean, I understand Kyrie for looking at himself on that level, but he also has to realize the difference between him and a Giannis or him and a Jokic or him and a LeBron James is they're low maintenance. They might, you know, they might have injuries here or there, but when they're on the court, they're on the court. When they're healthy, they're able to play and play at the highest of highest of levels. So it's just, it's a, it's a crappy situation, bro. It really is. Kyrie, man. I just it's, it's a it's a crappy situation. If I'm a front office, I don't trade for him. My team, Boston Celtics, got all the Boston banners in the background. They got burnt by this man already. So you fool me one time, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't put the blame on you. Shout out Jermaine Cole. I'm not gonna fall for that again. You know. So yeah, man. I just I, I don't know what to say, bro. I do have an interesting scenario, and I want you to tell me what you think about it. So we all know Kyrie Irving. He wants that four-year max, that five-year max contract, right? right? So essentially, a team could get him as a rental. Like my Lakers, for an example, right? We already want to clear Russell Westbrook off the books. Now, it's going to take one of the first-round picks 
And I know what I just said about Kyrie playing Irvin, Kyrie Irvin playing until he's 40, but I don't know if he'd want to play with us for 10 more years because he's 30 right now. So, I um, or even, you know, five years, it's L.A. It's always something going down. So I don't know if he would want to bring that on himself, or he may. But I think that if we trade for him, if we trade Russell Westbrook up uh, if, if, please take Pat Bev too. Um, <laughs> uh, and submit, and I don't want to trade Lonnie Walker, but to bring in Kyrie, I probably would. Um, to try to you know trade instead of trading both of those picks, trade one, um, and some second rounders maybe could get it work like that. I wouldn't mind taking on Kyrie Irving for that for that one year rental. Let's see if we can get to the championship because Kyrie Irving and Brian have already won a championship. Bron uh, and AD have already won the championship. The common denominator is Bron, and when it's playoff time, I can assure you he will be there. So I like our chances with that team against almost anybody in the league. Um, so, and then after that year, you know, maybe the Knicks would give him a all-time contract. You know, they don't have anything going for them at all. Um, he'll be a free agent. I don't, you know. The Jalen Brunson thing is is scary, but after the way he's playing, you can probably bring back a quality wing type. Um, if I'm the Knicks, I, I look into that. Um, maybe I can get Jalen Brunson for OG and Anubi or something like that. Him playing alongside with uh Randall and 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 uh Barrett being in the middle of that, I think that could work with Kyrie. I don't think there'll be there'll probably be a first round exit, but it'll, it'll go seven. Um. So I, 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 if I'm Kyrie, that's kind of what I'm looking at—a team that could do that for me. You think the Mavericks could do the same thing? Like, you know, wait for them to win a championship with us and then sign him with uh, Luca? That would be scary too. With a team like the Mavericks, bro, I really feel like they're they're truly feeling the pressure, and I say that for this reason and this reason alone. Luka Doncic wants to win the championship, man. He he really does, and. I feel like I could see him pressuring them to move maybe a because I'm I'm just kind of looking at like the NBA trade machine right now, just thinking of possible destinations for Kyrie that could work with him making $37 million this season on the last year of his contract. The Mavericks have a few contracts that they can throw in and still keep some pretty good pieces. I mean, if they if they have a package of I truly feel like that trade would have to include either Tim Hardaway or Spencer Dinwiddie going back to them, uh, going back to the Nets to make that money work. So maybe if they want to take Spencer Dinwiddie back. But the the thing about that is uh, reports are that Kevin Durant didn't like Spencer Dinwiddie as a player or like as a person. So if that is the case, I don't know what I'm not going to I'm not going to speculate or say if it's true or not. But if that's what's being reported, if he doesn't like his game or his fit towards him with him, then maybe he'd prefer a Tim Hardaway. Davis Bertans would probably have to be in there just to make the money work. And then at that point, you're looking at maybe a Josh Green just to get a young asset and draft picks. I, it's just. I don't think they have the cap space to to wait and sign them outright at the end of the season because they're paying a lot of guys a lot of bread. And so I just – I don't know, bro. The Mavericks the Mavericks would be a tremendous fit, though. Like, if, if it could yeah. just be one for one or we could just put Kyrie on that team, the Mavericks would be a tremendous fit. But with the money situation, that's just the only thing for me. Like, I, I don't know what they would be able to move to get him or even 
what people they'd be willing to get rid of in the offseason to sign him. I mean, because he's going to want the max. He is going to want – like, we can already book that. He's going to want the max from, you know, whoever he's with, whoever's going to give him that. Um, I'm just looking at these teams, especially the ones that's contending. I just don't see, like – I don't see a I don't see a team where Kyrie can I mean I see a team where all of them you know if you add Kyrie just as the team is of course they you know have a good chance of winning but yeah. the Clippers for example they're gonna want Paul George so that negate that like defeats the purpose right there um, the Bucks the Nets are gonna ask for Drew Holiday because they're not getting rid of Chris Middleton because they're not gonna get a wing back big enough to do what he does so they're gonna ask for you know and then if you give Giannis uh, Kyrie, of course, the offense work, but the problem, the thing with the defense is that's going to suck because Drew Holiday six five, like two ten, and he's checking the the uh, the initiator of everybody's offense. So the Warriors, Jordan Poole, but Kyrie Irving and Steph, I don't, I don't like that. Maybe the Nuggets could get something going with Jamal Murray, but like you said, off air, Jamal Murray's a fan favorite and he's a bucket, so I don't know how that would bowl over with them. I just. The only logical answer to me, honestly, seems like the Lakers, bro. Because we have we can give them a six man of the year candidate. Um some good little feisty players and a pick. Like we can give them some picks in there. But outside of that, I don't see a package that's gonna be better than that. Cause no team's gonna want to break up their core for Kyrie Irving. Exactly, bro. And that's the only negative, really, when you think about it. I mean like I'm I'm looking at this bro and this is a trade that I've been thinking about you know that possibly could work because it's three it's a three team deal I know three team deals are typically a little more complicated but this is a three team deal where maybe everybody can win so the Lakers have already said that they've been willing to trade their two first round picks if it if it in return brings them Kyrie Irving right so this is just a three-team deal I'm thinking of, man. So it's between the Brooklyn Nets, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte Hornets are trying to shed said salary. They're trying to move their veteran players. They want to go full-scale rebuild because I want to try to get Victor Wimbayama to pair him with LaMelo Ball. So the Hornets will be giving up Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, sending them to Brooklyn. Brooklyn gives up Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry going to the Lakers. The Lakers are giving up Russell Westbrook going to the Hornets. The Hornets also get one of the first round picks because they're taking on Russ's contract, but you can't give them both because they're giving up bad contracts as well. And then the Brooklyn Nets get one of those picks from the Lakers as well. And so the Nets will get Gordon Herod and Terry Rozier in return for Kyrie and Seth. And then you guys will take on Kyrie, Seth Curry, The Hornets have already been interested in Westbrook. They could take Westbrook as an expiring deal, have a bunch of cap space this offseason, get maybe a pick from you guys, a couple of second-round picks from the Nets maybe. like Something along those lines I could see working. I mean, because the Nets are going to want to still compete. If they're – because if they trade Kyrie Irving for just Russ and draft picks or young guys and draft picks, Kevin Durant's going to want to bolt this offseason. So my thought process is what can I do to bring in veteran guys that can keep Kevin Durant in the potential of winning? If he, I mean, if you put out a lineup of, you know, 
Ben Simmons, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Kevin Durant, Nick Claxton. I mean, depending how healthy Kevin Durant is, that can be a playoff team. Yeah, but I think, you know, I don't think Kevin Durant would go for that because as good as we know basketball, Kevin Durant knows it like the back of his hand better than we do. And I know right up front, he's not going to want to run with those guys. Like, he doesn't want to go through what he went through with the, the uh, excuse me, the Milwaukee series two years ago, where they go to game seven and it's really him. Like, he said in the podcast with JJ Reddick, um, their whole game plan was to just let me eat and just shut everybody. I don't think he don't. I don't think he wants to be in another situation like that because the teams that are going to be making him do that are y'all, Milwaukee, the Sixers, and you know y'all have two counters, but everybody else, you know, Giannis can go out for fifty on Kawhi George and Paul. Uh, Paul, excuse me, Kawhi and Paul George. I know he can do that with KD. Like he's going to offset, and then you're going to be relying on Ben Simmons. You're going to be relying on Nick Claxton. Um, who did you say the guards were? Uh, Terry, Terry Rozier. Like, you're Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, and, and, and Harris, Gordon Hayward hasn't Harris. been the same since, you know, Utah. I just – I think he's really going to uh, ask for a trade-out. And I feel sorry for the Nets because they had a squad, bro. That uh, – was it 2020, 2021 season when it was like mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell, Spen- Spencer – Jared Allen was still there. We see what he's with the Cavs. Like they had a legit squad. They got happy. They got real happy because uh, Kevin Durant was a free agent, and they just took on the career in that. And unfortunately, bro, like Stephen A. said, bro, it's turned into a very ugly situation, and they're not going to be good like they were when they got y'all, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. They had they got picks with that. They're, they're not getting any picks, bro. They're just going to be in purgatory for quite a while after this, bro. It sucks. Yeah, bro. And the reason I tried to maneuver this, just because, I mean, they're already cap strong, bro, with, with Kevin Durant making 44-plus million a season. That's only going to go up, I believe, his last year of his contract. He's going to be making upwards of $52 million. And with Ben Simmons making 35 plus, his contract's only going to go up as well. So it just it if they don't move Ben Simmons, it just it doesn't make sense for me or to me for them to not try to get some veteran guys. Because at that point, if you're moving Kyrie Irving for because let's think about other packages, bro. I know they were mentioning. They were also mentioning who the the Miami Heat, and we've had this discussion off air as well, bro. If if first off you're trading him in conference, so the Heat are in the East, so you're gonna have to deal with Kyrie if somehow some way you guys make it to the playoffs. I don't see that happening, but if they do, that trade would look like what? Kyrie Irving for what? Kyle Lowry. I mean, Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson, like, in picks, like, that's an awful package, if you ask me. That's why, like, it comes down to, as the Brooklyn Nets, okay, you either let Kyrie sit, let him walk for nothing. You trade him for Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson. You trade him for Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. You trade him for Russ. Who else was interested in him? The Mavericks. You trade him for Spencer Dinwiddie and 
Josh Green and uh, uh, Kleber or Bertans. Like, it's like the packages are just so bad. Like, and, and the only other team I could think of, bro, that could maybe have a solid package that might interest Kevin Durant, even them, I don't think. And that's Phoenix because I don't see them trading DeAndre Ayton in a Kyrie Irving package. I, I don't see them doing that because if they trade DeAndre Ayton, that leaves them with Bismack Biombo as their only other center on, on roster. So it would have to be something Kyrie for Chris Paul, right? And then right. if you're trading Chris Paul, like you mentioned off air, you brought up this valid point, Chris Paul and Jay Crowder in picks? Like, is that much better than Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward or Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson? Like, it's like, I just, I, I don't see, and, and I guess this comes back to the point that you said Stephen A made, I don't see a path for them to trade Kyrie Irving and still compete. I, I just I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't really see one either, bro. I'm just like, this is this is why this is such a sticky situation. I'm over here looking at the Utah Jazz. Like, do they want to go all in and win Biyama? I mean, the NBA posts him a lot. Some games he does really well, but I've seen a couple games where he's won eleven and eight. I've seen that too. Those are those posts aren't as loud as you know exactly the bro. other ones, but you know they're still showing that you know. He's not as a consistent dominant freak as everybody is saying. I don't. I, I'm not too high on. I think Scoot's going to be better than. Him. That's a different conversation. Scoot. I mean, if you want to go all in for somebody, you want to try and guarantee that you're going to get one of those top two players. Mm-hmm. Maybe you trade away marketing because now you know if you trade away your star, you're going to go down. Mm-hmm. The Nets are getting an all star. Maybe that can convince KD to stay. I know KD called Chris that's for against the unicorn because he was a seven three shot blocking shooter. Maybe he might think something else. So, you know, Markman's a similar player. He's not the greatest shot blocker or defender, but he's a bucket and he gets rebounds. So maybe Kevin Rett might want to make that work. He's and also he's a footer. Maybe you can get back um him, some picks that we know the Jazz have, and like Jordan, well not Jordan, not Jordan Carson, but like Colin Sexton, uh Malik Beasley. I'm getting, I'm running out of names here that, you know, the Nets are going to want, but. Bro, I'll be honest with you. If I'm the Jazz, considering how well Laurie Markin has played, Laurie Markin is an all-star this season. I do not see myself blowing up what we have cooking in Utah. And we haven't been able to say cooking in Utah for a while. I don't see myself blowing that up just for Kyrie Irving. And I mean, Utah, they're still in playing contention. They're 27 and 27. They have a half game lead over the Pelicans for that 10 spot. So, I mean, it's not like they're, they're like the 14 seed or the 13 seed. So at that point, like, I guess kind of like you're mentioning with Wimbayama, it's not like he's been otherworldly every game. It's not like he was 30 and 10, you know? So I don't see myself blowing up what I have when I might have a Lori marketing who, Lloyd Marketing being what? Lloyd Marketing being 25 years old. How do I know he might not be equal or as good as Wimbenyama? I know he's not the defensive player, have the defensive upside, but right now he's showing 
okay, he can score in the NBA. And scoring is essentially everything. So, but I'm glad you brought up the Utah Jazz because the Utah Jazz have a player that I really want my Boston Celtics to get. I know y'all want Jared, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, bro. bro I, want, I, I would like him too. Jared like, Vanderbilt so bad, bro. He is a do-it-all defensive player that can still give you about nine points a game. And, bro, he really doesn't play that many minutes for them. He's only averaging this season about 25 minutes a game for them. So I feel like if we throw a package together, I mean, they're taking a bunch of young guys, bro. Maybe if they'll, you know, if we don't look to resign Grant Williams, I would be mad A Grant Williams for Jared Vanderbilt swap. I would not be mad at all. Because I like I mean, Grant look, Williams, but yeah, go, no, go ahead, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I, I was gonna say I like Grant Williams a lot, bro. But Jared Vanderbilt gives us versatility that we need, and we can have a closing lineup of playing him at the five spot with Tatum at the four, JB at the three. Defensively, bro, that would be crazy, man. The only thing we would lose is three point shooting because he's shooting about thirty three percent on about two attempts a game, but. Hey, sometimes you gotta you gotta give up something to get something. So yeah, no cap. I ain't gonna lie. I was I would like to see Jared Vanderbilt play with us because he could play five. Yeah. Now, he's only six nine, but he he can get out on the wings and then on guards like you know Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. But you know, would y'all start Vanderbilt, bro? Would y'all? Oh, definitely. I I could see I could see us having very well a very versatile. Uh, a lineup then because essentially if we want to we can go big and we can play Marcus Smart at the point Jalen Brown at the two Tatum at the three put Vanderbilt at the four with Robert Williams and those two at the four and the five would clean up all of our defensive like defensive deficiencies because Robert Williams is blocking shots switching out on the one through the five Jared Vanderbilt can legitly guard the one through the five so Tatum can relax. We can use him more offensively. Jalen Brown can relax on defense. We can use him more offensively. Marcus Smart can take the best guard. Or if we want to go small ball and Robert Williams gets nicked up a little bit, we can just easily slide Vandy down to the five spot, slide in either Derek White, because I know he's been starting a lot of games, or Brogdon, and we still have defensive versatility. So, I mean – I would only do this if we can give up a package of like Grant Williams and Pritchard because I know Pritchard's not looking to resign. He's looking for a bigger role next year, which I'm like, okay, I understand it, but hey. And then Grant Williams is going to look to get paid. He's going to get paid this offseason. I can see him getting 12 to 15 million from a team because, I mean, he rebounds, he shoots threes, he's defending okay. Like, he's a stretch four guy. I mean, but I'm not trying to give Williams 12 to 15 million. I'll be honest with you. Maybe that's me being a, a hater, but I'm not trying to give him 15 million. Hey, please, the basketball guys do not let the Boston Celtics be a bandy bill. Because that that's gonna get bad. That's gonna get bad before it gets worse. Um I love uh, that. Honestly, bro, I love that. Oh, but I, I would not, I would not, because then it, y'all would have a legit lock on the league going forward. Because I don't know how old uh, Robert Williams is, but I don't think he's twenty five yet. And if he is, if I don't think he's older than twenty five. Vanderbilt's twenty three. Tatum is twenty five. Brown is like twenty six. I believe like, Robert Williams no, is twenty five. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, he is. He is okay, twenty five. Yep. Brown is twenty six, and Tatum's twenty four. 
uh, Derek White's 28. Like, you're going to – We can face him out eventually, I'm, though. Look, the, the the Jazz might entertain that. The Jazz and that's what I'm saying. I'm they, they're tanking. Like, why not take a flyer on a Grant Williams? Peyton Pritchard is a guard. I mean, they they need – like, they, they don't want to play Mike Conley. Mike Conley's not in their future. Neither is Jordan Clarkson. I mean, if they took THT from you guys, then I'm pretty sure they'd consider taking a guy like Pritchard who's – when he's played, he's low-key looked all right. He just he doesn't have no yeah. path to minutes for us. Yeah, um, I don't need that to happen. Uh, <laughs> let's give it. Nobody, nobody's favorite team wants to see Jared Vanderbilt at the five with y'all. Nobody. And if you're a listener, if you're a listener and you like the Sixers, if you like the Bucks, you need to hope that doesn't happen because Giannis is going to have a lot to deal with if you got Vanderbilt. And Rob Williams, the ones that know ball know this. All right, so we don't need that to happen. Let's just get that out of the way. The Celtics fans are smiling so much. We need to get that. that. Let's let's get that out the air. Let's just go ahead and get that out the air. Let's Let's, get to other. Yeah, because we don't need that. The reason why I brought Vanderbilt up, everybody, is because it has been speculation that the Jazz are looking to move him. Just because, like I mentioned, he doesn't play for them. He's more of a win now competitor for a team. I mean, we, we saw what he was doing when when he, he played for a team that was actually competing. He was a, a pretty, pretty, pretty productive player in his role. You know, I mean, when he, when he does what he does, he's a, he's a good player. So, I mean, I, like I said, I would love him on our team because when he was with Denver and when he was with Minnesota, he those are like teams that were trying to compete, trying to win, and he was productive. He was assisting them. So, I would love that. But – uh, getting back to other possible trade trade rumors, trade targets, trade deadline uh, people. Another big name, Alex, that I want to ask you about, what team you think would fit good for him? OG Anubi from the Toronto Raptors. Where would you want to see him play for if he is to get moved during this offseason or during the trade deadline, excuse me? Mm. Um, if you're the Warriors and you want to try to get a knockdown shooter – and a lethal defender, I'd look to trade, you know, Kaminga. Obviously, the Raptors are rebuilding. That's going to give them another 6-8 forward, uh, maybe small ball center that you can put alongside with uh, Scotty Barnes for years to come. And Moses Moody, if you want to throw in some picks there, I think that would be – I think that would give Steph the best chance to do a, a last hurrah because I kind of don't think the way the East is set up, I don't think Steph's going to win, you know, too many more championships he might get one more but the t- the talent in the eastern is like way too big um yeah. hmm, let me think bro um maybe the heat mm-hmm. I, the raptors aren't going to trade in conference i don't think but the heat uh the bucks is a good one they need him that they really need him if you can trade you know middleton for OG and Anubi, that's scary defensively. That's along kind of the lines of what we just talked about, the Jared Allen with the uh, the Celtics. It would kind of look the same way because now you can put Giannis in the three. You can put uh, Barry, uh, Vanderbilt at the four and Bobby Portis at the five. You have more shooting. You have a, you have a slashing defending combo, and the rest is going to be history. Um, this, the Suns, I think the Suns, the Suns could use them. I think – he could be something for uh, Minnesota. I really do. You put him at the three, 
And you know him and him and Edwards is going to be could be lethal. It's a lot of teams that can use uh, OG and Edwards. I feel like every yeah. contending team really could use him right now to kind of set themselves over the edge. Maybe even the Mavs. I'd like to see him with the Mavs. I'm not even going to lie. To be honest, I want to stick with your initial point, though, because I was liking Golden State as well. My question for you is, though, because I'm looking like we're we're going through ESPN uh, trade machine today. Everybody shout out ESPN trade machine. Um, I have OG and Anubi going to the Warriors for Wiseman and Kaminga. Would you give up on Wiseman for a guy like OG? Because like you said, the East is going to be difficult for the Warriors Shit, shoot. Personally, the West is going to be hard for the Warriors to get out of if they don't have that wing that can lock down. Because I like Wiggins, but the wing duo of Wiggins and OG and Anubi would be tremendous defensively. And so, say they get out of the West. The East, like you said, it's some big wings in the East, man. Tatum and Brown again. I don't the, the way they're playing now. I don't know if I'm putting Clay in front of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. So, Hell no. <laughs> would you would you would you be willing to give up on Wiseman? I mean, is it too soon? I just don't know if they they, they need a center. Like that's the that's the problem with Golden State. That's why they haven't been as dominant as we'd like to see them after repeating. I mean, getting the championship because they don't have a center. You're going to need a center when you're going to get. It's like outside of Boston. Who's going to take care of Jokic? You need somebody for that. And he's not the oldest guy. He's like, what, 27? You're going to have to deal with that. He's averaging a triple double as a center. You're going to have to deal with that. Jaron Jackson, he's coming along. He's somebody else that you're going to have to deal with if you're the Warriors. So OG will go great. I personally would try to, you know, try to shed some more of those uh, bench players. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe DiVincenzo. Maybe you can lure him in a, to a trade with that to try and get uh, OG and a newbie. I would have said Draymond. I, I think about trading Draymond. No lie, it's gonna change. It's gonna change the Warriors. It's gonna it's gonna be a completely different team. We don't know what that would look like, but fit wise, Draymond Green, he had when he goes off for twelve, we get excited, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. That's twelve points. That's six buckets because you know they weren't threes. So if you can trade Draymond and you know Moody. Get some some picks in there. I do that with the swiftness. I do that with the swiftness. Now you're talking about OG and Anubi at the four with Wiseman to kind of help him clean up stuff down there. And Anubi ain't no small guy, ladies and gentlemen. Like he's six eight, six seven. You start. You could put. You know. You can start Clay, but that doesn't mean he's going to start on Tatum. You can put Clay on like Marcus Smart or somebody like that, and let him and Wiggins, you know, really get to it. And then if you have Jordan Poole off the bench, now we're looking more like going to state that can contend. That's got one through five shooters now on the floor. And Poole, there's not a there's not a six man in the league that can guard Jordan Poole. Let's just keep it a beam. So that will be interesting. That will be interesting. Another team that I don't know if you mentioned, bro, that I want to kind of ask you about. How would you feel about OJ and Newbie's fit with with Memphis? Because I know with Dylan Brooks having an expiring deal this offseason, he's a contract of one year, $11 million. They still have Danny Green on their books. He's making about $10 million a season. So that's two tradable contracts. If they flip both of those guys with maybe a couple of draft picks, do you think that would entice 
anybody to do? Do you think I'll entice Toronto? I mean, I know D- Danny Danny Green won the championship with them. Dylan Brooks, I mean, he's gonna be a lot cheaper than OG and Anubi. So, um, I mean, on paper that would go crazy though. That's just on you know, paper, that's called spade of spade. John Moran, Desmond Bain, OG and Anubi, Jaron Jackson, Zaire Williams. That starter five is crazy. Steven Adams coming in when you need a big man. Still, and you keep Brandon Clark. I mean, but even if you yeah. had to move Brandon Clark, I mean, I would consider it, bro, because that makes your team that much more versatile. I mean, yeah. If I can move Brandon Clark and I'm bringing in OG and Anubi, I mean, who wouldn't do that? Um, but you're going to need to try to bring in, maybe get a three-team trade into that because you're going to want to bring back somebody that's at least 6'10". Because yeah. you're just going to need a big, I'm sorry, like, you know, Jaron Jackson, he's a shot-blocking savant, you know, but he's not a rebounder like that. So you're going to need somebody that's focused on to getting those long boards because Desmond Bain is a shooter. Let's not get it twisted. But he's going to be the best shooter on the team, and, you know, there are going to be some long rebounds. So, I think you'd want to try to start uh, Stephen Adams if you do that. Now, that would go crazy as well. Don't get it twisted. But they're going to need to try to bring in somebody that can, you know, rebound and defend at a better level than Jaron Jackson is rebounding for you. Um, what if – I just – I don't think the, the Raptors are going to try to help anybody in the East. So maybe – do you think the Kings could bring him in? You know, try to help push him over the edge. He'd probably be like the third guy behind Sabonis and De'Aaron. You know, neither one of those two guys are great defenders, but if you put OG in there, he can essentially check the best guard or, you know, wing that night. I think that would be pretty interesting to try to help buffer their playoff hopes. Who That would probably lead to them having to move Harrison Barnes. And I, I don't think you want to move Kevin Herter with him being – a 45% three-point shooter, he's essentially their best perimeter threat. So, I mean, that wouldn't be bad. Would that affect Keegan Murray and his development? But at this point, you're kind of competing. So are you worried about development of young guys? It's like, that that would be that would be a good fit, bro. I, I know you mentioned that they probably don't want to help anybody in the East, but considering if the East just gives them the best offer, this is the last team I wanted to pitch to you, and I just want to get your opinion on them. Because this team has needed a wing player for, like, the last – since 2018. Right. The Cleveland Cavaliers, if they can somehow put a trade together to get an OG and a newbie, and they can roll a lineup out of Garland, Mitchell, OG, Mobley, Jared Allen – what do you think about that? Maybe a, a package of Karis LeVert or Isaac Okoro in yeah. draft picks? I mean, what do you think about that? Look, if you can get Karis LeVert uh, and trade maybe like Dean Wade, uh, trade Dean Wade and maybe, you know, even Kyle, uh, Kevin Love, you know, they don't play Kevin Love much at all now. At least with the Raptors, he'll get some run. He can be a spot of guy in the corner or on the wing. Uh, I I kind of like that trade, bro. I I kind of like that trade, and it would be the Boston Celtics and the Cleveland Cavaliers, probably in the um 
in the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, that shit would five. be scary, bro. I'm gonna that be honest with you. Fire. That is all they're missing is a wing that can that guard would be fire, two through the four, bro. If they got a guy like that, oh man, bro. And OG Ananubi, like you said, bro, six seven, six eight, two thirty. He's one of those wings that can legitly check the two through the four. Man, that would be cool. That's probably the best situation for him. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. Because Bro, I'm not even gonna, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to throw strays right now, but Andrew, uh, Andrew Wiggins did kind of make Tatum look like regular in the finals last year in he some did. instances. He definitely so, did. If you get somebody that's, you know, you, you're taking air out of the balloon for the offense, but you're puffing air into the balloon on the defense when it's like Andrew Wiggins to OG. So, I mean, you got a second guy. I kind of put my money on y'all just because Mobley isn't who we need him to be yet. He's on the way there. Don't get don't get it wrong, but he's not the the transcendent talent that we think he can be yet. He's almost there, but y'all. I mean, he's seven feet. You know, Jared, seven feet that would be an issue. But I'd kind of take y'all just because y'all are the proven team. You know, yeah, I got a question for you though. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at another team. And you tell me what you think. Cause they're they need to make they need to make a switch up of some sort, you know, and they got pretty good pieces. How about to the Hawks, bro? I'm looking at it. I got the TK roster pulled up. Um maybe get John Collins up out of there. Mm, that would be maybe. very, very enticing because I personally that would probably be the best returning piece that they would get for a guy like OGN and OB. The Facts. only question for me would be how would the fit between OG and Siakam work? Because uh, it, it hasn't been any indication that they want to trade Siakam. And even if they do decide to move Siakam, uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Scotty Barnes better at the power forward spot than the small forward spot just because of his shooting limitations right now? So well, yes, he, he does have some concerns there. Yeah. Um so that would yeah. be my only concern. Scotty Barnes is a good defender though, so maybe him and Collins could work at the four and the five, but that would be my only concern. But in terms of returning trade piece, oh, yeah, John Collins is probably the best player you get in return for a guy like OJ Anobi at this stage in the season. Well, if you can't get um, maybe, you know, not Collins, if they don't want – if they're worried about fit, maybe try to go for – I don't know if you want to give up Bogdanovich, but maybe, you know, DeAndre Hunter for the fit. He's a six eight wing. Now, that um, would be good. He's had a lot of injury concerns, and he hasn't really lived up as much as they would want him to be being such a highly drafted player. So, I mean, if you can upgrade him to OJ and Anobi, I wouldn't be against that. I mean, when he's played, he's played okay. 37% from three, 84 from the line, 16, four, and 16 and four. I mean – He's been okay. He's played 43 games this season, so that's up from what he did the last two seasons. Maybe uh, bring in uh, Okungwu. He's 22. Now so You can put him on the bench. That's a piece I was looking at. Okungwu can play the five spot. He's a little smaller, but he's a good rebounder. I mean, that's a, that's a trade asset. 
Bro, if, exactly. if they can get OG and not give up John Collins, then I'd be scared of the Hawks because if you put a lineup out there of Trey Young, uh, DeJounte, uh, OG, John Collins, and Capella, when you're at full strength, bro, that's a scary five, bro. Or even if that's you want to start, five. even if you want to start OG and DeAndre Hunter together at the three and the four, and go either Capella or or John Collins. That that gives you so much versatility. You can hide Trey Young defensively perfectly now. That'd be scary, bro. That's a good team. I didn't think about the Hawks. That's a this deadline's gonna be this deadline's gonna be interesting, bro, because there's a lot of moving parts here that we can we can get down to the to the Jimmy with. Because I mean, you still got guys like Josh Richardson, like guys that can be cheap um, and fill their roles. Like I'm gonna be real with you, if y'all brought John uh, Josh Richardson up in there. That would be scary too, because now you have somebody that's versatile that can do what Marcus Smart does, but he's bigger than him. So Marcus Smart might be six three. Now you bring in this guy that's six six, that can still shoot from the corner, especially a great on ball defender, a great off ball defender if you know ball. Um, Zach Collins, maybe y'all can bring in that guy like that who can rebound and still hit outside shots. I, I don't know, bro. I don't really want to help y'all for real. Like, I don't want to really. I don't. Wanna, I hope Danny, uh, not Danny Age. Um, what's that man name? Can't even think of old head coach Brad Stevens. I hope he's not. Uh, hope he's not listening to this podcast because we have Brad, you know, thrown out some gems. Give us a listen, Brad. We know what we're talking about. Yeah, we actually had Josh Richardson for a season, and uh, he was okay. I mean, we ended up trading him. Uh, during the deadline, but he was all right for us. Average about 10 points, shot about 40% from three when he played. He was okay. He's he's a, he's a solid player, bro. Like, he's he's a good 3 and D wing. To be honest. You know they're trying to – What did you say? No, it, I was just going to ask. It's a couple of names they have on here for people to get moved that I'm just kind of like – I just I just need your opinion on them. But what were you about to ask? I heard that the Nuggets were trying to trade Bones Highland. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Like they're trying to they're trying to upgrade him because I mean they're trying to get a starting caliber guy, which I feel like he could be that if they just let him develop. But it makes sense trade him while his stock is high before he starts playing worse. I mean, to try to get some veterans that can you know like know you know that can play. Yeah. What if? What if um, they traded Bones for Jaden McDaniels or Kyle Anderson mm. on the on the because you know Michael Porter Jr. is gonna have like back issues eventually. God forbid, of course, but you know his back is kind of weak. Um, mm. You could bring in a, a guy that stays relatively relatively healthy. And plays defense. He's not going to be the the rebounder that Michael Porter Jr. is, but you don't need that when your your center is averaging a triple double. You just need a third guy, right? And Kyle Anderson, I know he sounds like just a guy, but we know what Kyle Anderson is. He's a stretch four that can defend multiple positions. If you put that next to Aaron Gordon and Jokic, you slide Kyle Anderson to the three. That's going to be interesting, bro. If all you're giving up is bones. And maybe you could even bring in like a Torian Prince or a Nas. Well, Nas, I don't think you're going to get Nas Reed or like Austin Rivers or somebody. 
like a backup guard two to backup Jamal Murray, I would do yeah. that, bro. I really would. Yeah, we're we here at the Dynasties podcast. We're a fan of Kyle Anderson, man. Kyle Anderson is the type of player you want on a championship team. He's a big wing that can shoot, defend multiple positions. I mean, what else do you want on a on a veteran championship contending team? And it's funny you mentioned Kyle Anderson because that was actually the next one of the next names I was going to ask. One of his it's one of his teammates actually. D'Angelo Russell is another guy that they're talking about about getting traded, bro. And it's a lot of guard needy teams out there. You got teams like Dallas. You got teams like the Pelicans could use another guard. You got teams like Miami. I guarantee Milwaukee would be willing to get another guard. You got the Knicks that could use another guard. I mean, what team could you see maybe going to get D'Lo, bro? Um, the, the McCollum. I mean, I don't even have to give up McCollum, but you could probably give up. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Um, maybe Trey Murphy, um, Marshall. Trey Murphy would go better to go back to Minnesota because they need a three point shooter. So that would that would bode well for yeah. him. Yeah, um, they need a wing. What do you That'd think? Be perfect. What do you think about um for D'Angelo Russell? Right. What do you think about? Hold on, I was just I was just there, bro. I was literally just there. 2K is great for this type of thing. It shows me all these rosters and stuff, but um, the Lakers, what could we get for D'Angelo Russell? Because he will be cheaper than Kyrie Irving. Oh, it, to be honest, I could see y'all doing Russ for D'Lo straight up, and maybe the Timberwolves wouldn't be mad at it. No lie. I mean, let's see, bro. Let's see if it works, because that would be y'all seeing the error of your ways. Going back to D'Lo, getting no a solid guy. I mean, in terms of money, the, the Timberwolves would take about $7 million back extra. So they would probably have to give up another $7, 8000000 million. Maybe that could be Torian Prince for y'all. Maybe that could be Kyle Anderson for y'all. Whichever one, y'all probably would have to give up another piece. Maybe only Russ in one draft pick gets y'all a package of D'Angelo Russell and Kyle Anderson or D'Angelo Russell and Torian Prince, maybe something of that nature. See, yeah, if we can get Kyle. Yeah, if we can get Kyle Anderson for Russell Westbrook, uh, D'Lo and Kyle Anderson for uh, Russell Westbrook. I'd even throw in Lonnie Walker in that. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Lonnie Walker's been balling, but I throw him in if I because you know he's not gonna when he's not hitting his shots. He's like, oh, Lonnie. That's mm-hmm. a that's your re- reaction as a Laker fan, but if you if Kyle Anderson's not hitting his shots, he's at least stopping the other person from making their shots too. Right. So I do that. Um, even if I didn't have to do that, if I try to give up like Austin Reeves, I'd probably give up Austin Reeves if I can keep Lonnie. And yeah. you know they're too small for guard. They're the same same size. I mean, kind of same play style. I do that. And if I can bring in Kyle Anderson and D'Lo, bro, I'm saying, oh, the Lakers, we're back. We are back. And now we got a playmaker and a shooter, and we got a wing, and we got a wing player that can start. Not not just play, he can start. So exactly. if LeBron's not feeling it, you know, you gotta still you still gotta be ready to hoop against Hachimura and Kyle Anderson. Like you have mm-hmm. to be prepared. So that is true. I I would do that. I would do yeah, that, bro. And Lakers. According to Trade Machine, man, a trade of D'Angelo Russell and Kyle Anderson for Russ and a draft pick works monetarily. And, I mean, heck, the Timberwolves aren't 
going anywhere. So, I mean, maybe shedding D'Lo's salary, getting Russ, getting a max contract available this offseason. Maybe they bring Russ back. I mean, we've seen what Russ has done with other two guards. Russ had Bradley Beal become an all-star, lead the league in scoring. I mean, I could see a world where Russ turns Anthony Edwards into 27, 26, 27, 28 points a game. Question, bro. Question. So, and this is what they're doing. Obviously, we, the Timberwolves can probably recognize they made a mistake in the Gobert trade and to salvage that because Rudy Gobert, excuse me, he just turned 30 um, last year, last June. So, he's 30 now. He's putting up 13 and 11. And when I look at the blocks, he's at um, the down years. It's one. But he's not playing as many minutes as you know. He's playing thirty-one minutes, um, so still good numbers. What team? I'm I'm trying to think. You know, what team that's clearly you know got a disgruntled superstar, got a disgruntled star that can make a run at Rudy Gobert, and the team that comes to my mind is the Suns. They they can get rid of DeAndre, who clearly doesn't want to be there. And if you put Rudy Gobert at the five, who's getting all these long rebounds, now it doesn't matter what, you know, power forward or uh, small forward you start. You could put uh, Chris, Devin, Michael, Cam Johnson, and Rudy at the five is really all you need to get uh, some Phoenix Suns back on top. I mean, mm-hmm. that's pretty That's pretty rough. You got somebody that can handle Jokic now. Like, that's – I wouldn't mind that because Chris Paul has shown the ability to make defensive-minded centers all-NBA players. I mean, DeAndre Jordan's only all-NBA season as a pro was with Chris Paul at the helm. So if anybody could fix Rudy Gobert, and I say that term fix very loosely because, man, it's going to take a lot to fix Rudy Gobert. But if there's anybody that I believe could fix Rudy Gobert, it's Chris Paul, even at this extended age. To be honest, I mean, Rudy Gobert. I, I'm going to look at some Rudy Gobert trades after this one because I, I came up with this one for D'Lo, and I just want to get your opinion on it. But I, I have another team that Rudy Gobert could work for as well, and I want to ask you. But All right, let me hear it. For this D'Lo trade, the Timberwolves trade him to the Knicks. The Knicks seem to have this left-handed player. They, they love to have lefties, you know. They need a, a, a star guard. I'm giving them D'Angelo Russell. In return, they're giving Evan Fournier and Derrick Rose to the Timberwolves and draft I don't. I don't think the Timberwolves are going to do that because they want to show Anthony Edwards and Carl that they're at least trying to compete. Because I think <laughs> I think Anthony Edwards is still on his rookie deal. He is. Yeah, he starts two more so, years. Yeah, so it, you don't want to say, "Hey, we're trying to compete. We're trying to show you that we're co- going to compete." And we're gonna give you back. Who'd you say? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I Derek Rose, Derek Rose, and Evan Fournier in draft. Yeah, picks. that I don't. I don't know about that one. But if you're saying I'm gonna get Emmanuel quick, quickly back, maybe. If you're gonna say, um, you know, I know the Knicks fans don't believe in RJ. Uh, J, uh, excuse me, Jay Randall. So if we're gonna get him back. Maybe we can give you D Lo. We even throw in, you know. Not kidding. That's that's too valuable, bro. Check me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Because you have Cat, you can slide him back at the five where he's supposed to be. 
Um, we know Anthony Edwards is going to be 25 a game. Yeah. We know Cat can be 22 and 10 a game. All you need Randall to do is give you 15. He's going to get you eight rebounds, and he's also going to get you six assists. You're not asking him to, him to be the number one because he won't be paid like he's the number one. His He has a big contract, but it's only for, like, what, I think three years? Cat is getting paid like a number one. Anthony Edwards is going to get paid like a number – he's going to be the number one, and all you need him is to be the third guy. And if you have that, and then you still keep – um you're able to keep some of your, your younger guys like Nas Reed. Um, you're able to keep like, excuse me, um, Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, Howell, even Austin Rivers to be a veteran type. You can throw him in there. You're able to keep those guys. That makes the Timberwolves more scary than they've been in the past. Yeah. Carl's only 27. Anthony Edwards is 21. So you have time for it to mesh together. And if it doesn't work, He's not going to be playing bad enough where other teams won't be intrigued by his play. So you're always going to be able to get rid of him. That's true. That is true. I want to give you your flowers on that that Rudy Gobert for DeAndre Ayton swap, though. That's a really good swap looking at it one for one. Maybe even if – but I don't see which team would have to throw in draft picks for that swap either, though, bro, because Ayton, Ayton doesn't really want to be there. The Timberwolves want to get rid of him. But the only thing, the only question I would have is, do you like what you've seen it from Carl Anthony Towns as a power forward to make him be the power forward full time? Like, have you liked what you've seen? See, the reason I said DeAndre Ayton is because he has at least a mid range jumper that's consistent, right. so it spaces it out a little bit better. Because now Rudy Gobert always has to be in the dunker to be on the floor. Well, versus you know DeAndre Ayton, it's going to be some more spaced out. You can have him on the elbow. Um, he can. I feel like he can defend when he wants to defend. Yeah. And if he's on a team with another young guy, where Devin Booker has already been established as the guy. Now we all know the uh, Anthony Edwards is the guy, but mm-hmm. at least it won't be a drastic fall where you know people are looking like, "Dang, you were the number one pick. You were ahead of Luca and Trey, and you're not. You're supposed to be the guy on a contending team. He can exactly. kind of you know get into his role a little bit. I think that could work. Um, work. I like that. Now, trade. question though, would you trade Carl Anthony Towns? Because I mean, as a five, he's good, and you can bring in some pieces. And you, if you want to keep Rudy Gobert as your as your um your rim protector, because he is like a three time defensive player of the year, like he's nothing to sneeze at. So, well, I, I know that's in a sense blowing it up, but if you are blowing it up and you're trying to get somebody back, like a Bam Autobio, I might do that. If you if you get somebody like. Mm, Pascal Siakam, I might entertain that. Where he could play the four with a uh, cat at the five, I might do that. It, 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 it could, well, yeah, it could that could work. That could work. Shoot, this is a name that you mentioned earlier, bro. Him not being at his pinnacle yet, but in some world, is there a way where, say, you maybe trade a Carl Anthony Towns for an Evan Mobley if you're Minnesota? No. You wouldn't do that if you're Cavs. Minnesota or Cleveland. If, 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 the, if the Cavs got drunk one night and I called the Cavs and they said, yeah, let's do it. Really? So yeah, if I'm, in a, if I'm Minnesota. Really? Yeah, but if I'm, would it do yeah. that from the Cavs' perspective? I'm surprised. Trading Evan Mobley for Carl? Yeah, I'm surprised by that, bro. Why do you, why do you say that? Because Evan Mobley checks the two through the four. 
or the five. Carl's 23 and 11 for his career, career 40% three-point shooter, though, bro. But you have Jerry Allen, you have Jerry Allen there, who also isn't he, I mean, he's got a little jumper, but it ain't like ooh, Jared Allen from mid-range is like it's something you gotta be stretched out for. Like it's just gonna clog it down even more. And Donovan Mitchell can shoot, but he's a drive guy. You know, Darius Garland can shoot well, but he's also a drive guy. And you still need a wing. I just don't think that's gonna. I don't think that's gonna bode well. I think Cat has to be the five to be successful. Okay, so he needs to play the five spots. Okay, okay. So if that's the case, then hmm, I don't even know if I'd give up Bam for Cat. Then if that's the case, bro, because with with Bam, I mean, he does more stuff than Cat. I mean, twenty one and a half, ten boards. About three assists a game. I mean, he's not the three-point shooter, but 80% from the free throw line. He's all defensive team. Uh, dang near every season, uh, stealing a block a game for his career. So, I mean, and he seems like he's only getting better. So maybe if that's the case, if he has to play the five, then maybe, maybe it's only a few teams that could trade for Cat because – Maybe a team like Dallas, but what do you give up if you're trading for Cat if you're Dallas? You have to give up Christian Wood first. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to give up Christian Wood, and that's going to kind of defeat the purpose. I mean, Cat is a better player. He'd be with Luka. Damn, he'd be like 26 and 11. I'm not even going to lie. Maybe the Pelicans? But who do you like? Who are you giving up if you're the Pelicans? Because you know we already know Zion Williamson and um, Brandon off Ingram off limits. Yeah. But now you're asking for guys like Herbert Jones, who actually helped the team more. Now they're going to be asking for guys like uh, Jose Alvarado, who's young and on defense. He's a he's a monster. So I don't know if the Pelicans want to. You know, Blue they got up. a lot of people, people like you, that you can trade, but. Yeah. Nobody's gonna take Jackson Hayes for Cat. Like they're gonna want some beefier picks than that. And now you're getting into Trey Trey Murphy. I mean, if you can trade Trey Murphy and Alvarado, Nance Jr., you'd I'd, have to probably I'd, trade I'd, your yeah. whole death. I'm I'm just I'm throwing out names, bro, because if you're trading a player like Cat, who's top five at his position, then it would have to make sense. You see what I'm saying? Like, maybe, and and this might be crazy. I know you said he needs to play the five for it to work. Maybe trading Cat to a team like the Nuggets, maybe? I mean, Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon and draft picks? Hear, hear me out on this. Hear me out on this, right? Oh. What if you trade Cat? to the Pacers for Miles Turner, and you get back T.J. McConnell. Now Cat is playing the five, so he'll be successful. He has Ter- uh, uh, Halliburton as his point guard, who's you know leading the league in assists. That's just going to give him more assists. Uh, Matherin, uh, Buddy Hill, you got a legit shooting team. They can't defend nobody. But you're getting back. You're getting back T.J. McConnell, uh, Jalen Smith, uh, Nee Smith. Uh, you could get back Duarte. He can play the wing for them, uh, for the Timberwolves. Now you have 
I would two need quarters. six niggas from them, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. It has to be Miles. They got PJ. I ask for Matherin, no lie. If I'm trading you, cat, ah, I'd have to I ask for Matherin. Because I, I don't think I'll do that. Because look, bro, you brought up a good point, bro. You brought up a good point when you said when you were mentioning the the Rudy Gobert swap for DeAndre Ayton. That's like a one-for-one. They're essentially on equaler tiers. You want to trade him to a team for a guy or two that have value. That way you don't have to give up so much. That's why I was thinking the Nuggets, bro, because just hear me out. If you give up Michael Porter Jr., even though we all we know his back is, like you said, a little weak sometimes. Aaron Gordon was a, a borderline all-star this season. He played really well this year. I mean, this has been the best season he's played his whole career. 17 and 7, three assists a game. If you can do something of that nature, you can put Cat next to Yoke and Jamal Murray. I mean, That's scary. That's scary because Cat right now is averaging 21, 8, and 5 as your power forward. He's never played power forward ever. So let's go to see him. This is his first go. Yeah. And then with Jokic averaging a triple double, I just I I don't see them trading cat, bro. If anything, I see Rudy Gobert. Like I said, bro, I want to give you your flowers because that DeAndre Ayton trade is perfect. Like I didn't even think about that. That would help both teams because the Suns need help defensively. The Suns need a guy that wants to be there. And DeAndre Ayton wants to leave. So it's like, why not just let him go to the Timberwolves? Well, like you said, he'll be a Third option, you know, he he won't they won't be asked for him to be a 20 and 10 guy. And then they'll know what they're getting back with Gobert, rim protector, shot blocker, mob catcher, 10 and 10, two blocks. Like, I mean, that was perfect, bro. That's why I was trying to think of something like that. And I mean, you had something with the cat for bam, but I I would feel like the Heat would want to pair him up with Bam and Jimmy, but I just don't see a world where that works. I I don't I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um fit wise that'd be kind of funky because I mean you'd have the big guard thing with you know Jimmy and Carl. But, but did they play together? It wasn't he bro he come on bro he took the third stringers and beat him. Cat's not trying to go through that again, bro. I then he gonna have, that. I have <laughs> look. He gonna take Gabe Vincent and and Omar Yerkservin and beat them in practice. Like, he ain't trying Juan to do Carter. Oh, come on, bro. Nah, Cat's gonna hate his life, bro. Cat is gonna hate his life. What about Lamelo and Cat? Ooh, now I can see them doing that if they won the lottery and say they they won the lottery, they get the first pick, overall pick. Or, heck, even if they got a top three pick, trade their draft picks. And But what are they giving up? Is It, it got to be Gordon Hayward because they got to shed some salary. Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. And then the third overall pick, it's like, is that better than <laughs> – like, is that better than Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon? I mean – I know what it is, though. Hear me out. John Collins and – AJ Griffin. That's not for bad. Cat. Though. Now, see, that's not bad because that's a seamless fit in Minnesota because he could slide right into the four. He's a legit four man. 
They would be terrible defensively because Cat and Capella, it's like, okay. I don't really I think Capella is an overrated defender personally. I think Harden yeah. kind of made him what he was. And then on the wings, Bogdanovich and then DeJounte and Trey. Ah, it's just it's wonky, man. It's really wonky. Uh, another guy they're talking about getting traded, and this might interest you, Bozan Bogdanovich from the, the Pistons. The, the power forward is saying the Lakers are trying to go after him. What kind bro, of trade do you think you, you wouldn't want him? I don't think he's all that either, bro. Personally, I don't think he's all that, bro. I, I, you like trade him to a team that had like I just I don't know, bro. Because he's also thirty five, which nobody is talking about enough. He's not going to be here that much longer. He was a late bloomer, and he's not going to um, check anyone. Whatsoever. Nobody. So you're bringing him in there strictly for the jump shot, and for whatever reason, Lakers Lakers can know Lakers, Lakers do know. Excuse me. When Danny Green wasn't hitting his shots, he was a body. We had to watch that in in 4K. I don't want to watch a. He was a cone, a cone player. Someone you just skate around and practice. Like we don't want to go through that again. And Bogdanovich is not the defender that Danny Green was. And I'll never say this again. Bogdanovich is not the defender that prime Danny Green was. And I'll never say that again. I'll never say. <laughs> I, I never, never thought I'd hear those words. Prime never... <laughs> Danny Green. Oh, my. I will never, Dynasty's podcast will never hear me say that again. But he's not the defender that Danny Green was when they won the championship with the Spurs. So he's not the shooter that he was either at all. He broke uh, Brielle's uh, three-point record. He did. But he was, he was a knockdown guy. Knockdown. So, I I don't know. I don't. The Lakers would show me that they they haven't learned from any of the failed trades that they do that. Um, but that's interesting, bro. I think a team that could use Bogdanovich is the Miami Heat, bro. And they could give up, like, guys like Max Struess and Caleb Martin. And – uh, look, Dirk Simmons, if they want to give up a seven-footer, you know, they can give up guys like that. And, and it's not really hurting uh, Detroit because it's just giving them shooters, if anything. They're just still young guys. If you even want to do- throw in uh, Duncan Robinson, like, you could. And it's not really hurting either team. It's, you know, you're helping Miami, but the Pistons aren't going anywhere until they figure out what they're going to do with Killian Hayes. So, Look, check me out. Check me out real quick, right? What if, you know, let's look, let's look. Tim Hardaway, going back to your uh, Tim, Hardaway, Tim Hardaway and Spencer Dinwiddie, I know you mentioned the Nets. Mm-hmm. Do you, what other teams do you think that could be traded? Because I'm really, I'm really, really looking at Miles Turner as of trading those guys to, uh, to the Pacers. Because Miles Turner kind of said early in the season, like, he was basically trying to tamper. He was saying, you know, if I'm the Lakers, I don't know why you don't trade for me. That's what he said on air. Now, he did sign a contract with the Pacers, but we all know he doesn't really want to be a Pacer for life. So if you could bring in a oh, guy like that, um, you're bringing in more than – you're letting go of one player, you're getting back two two or three and some picks. So that might turn into, you know, three or four players. For Miles Turner, 
if I'm the Dallas Mavericks, I'm really looking at that because now, you know, Spencer, uh, Christian Wood is hurt, but he can't play the four. It's not like Cat where it's an awkward fit and you clearly yeah. see that he can't play that position when Cat is doing well, but it's not, it's not natural for him. But Christian Wood, it is natural because he's 6'9", and he can kind of, you know, guard up a little bit. So if you give Luka those two bigs, that another big I had a question about, like you're mentioning about that same trade package, because the the last like name or I guess package names on the list of like people to be looking on the lookout for getting moved during the trade deadline was the Chicago Bulls big three of DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. I was thinking maybe Vucevic going to the Mavericks. I know that would hurt them defensively, but if they're able to give up a Dinwiddie and uh, Davis Bertans and a draft pick. I mean, Chicago's going nowhere fast. They're sinking. So, yeah, maybe a guy around the, or, uh, like a Nikola Vucevic. Maybe heck, even a Demar Derozan for the Mavericks. I mean, I mean, what do you think about those guys? Like, what what do you think would would be good fits for them? Um, I'd go. I I think that would be. I think that would be a good fit. It's just the problem is, what are you gonna do with Christian Wood? Because you have to play him. He's not – he's still like, you know, he can get you 15 and 8. You want to play guys like that. So, Vucevic as your – I mean, that could work, though. Vucevic is a good playmaker at the five. Um, but they're, they're just going to suck defensively. And the Mavericks, if they're going up against Memphis or Golden State, they're going to need somebody that can get a stop. So, maybe mm-hmm. – maybe you trade for Alex Caruso – Try to bring back a shooter and a knock a lockdown defender. That would be um, good. Maybe even I don't know if they're gonna try and give up the sumo. He's fairly young and he looks promising. Maybe he you does. could give up um try to get in, you know, Caruso, kind of leave the bigger guns of Zach Levine and DeRozan alone. Mm-hmm. But maybe Kobe White and Alex Caruso. If you can bring in those guys for I trade Spencer Dinwiddie for those guys. To be honest, I'm know. not high on Spencer Dinwiddie either, bro. I I'm would move either. him as well, bro, because I just I, I think he needs to get moved. He he does, bro. I mean, how about uh, Norman Powell? Norman Powell for uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, straight up. See, now that helps both teams because uh, I know the Clippers are in the market for another guard. I know it was uh, reported that they're looking to move John Wall to kind of improve or to get a better point guard. So, I mean, do you consider – Spencer Dinwiddie, I would say, at this stage in his career is an upgrade over John Wall. So, yeah, that would be perfect. Yeah, bro. I I think that will be – I think that's the move for the team, bro. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, excuse me, I have to step out the camera real quick. But um talk about this MVP race, bro. How do you feel about that? Oh man, the MVP race. Uh it's it's about five, four to five viable guys in this MVP race, man. You got you got centers averaging triple doubles. That's Nikola Jokic. You got power forwards averaging Dang near triple doubles and Giannis averaging 31, excuse me, 32, 12 and 5. You got 
my boy, Jason Tatum, the young stud, young stallion, averaging 31 and nine for the best team in the East. You got, just got, you got so many people, man. LeBron is trying to carry them Lakers age, age 38, year 20. And they're, uh, he's averaging 31, eight and seven. So it's like, it's just, it's wide open, man, with, with Nikola Jokic having the best record in the NBA by a game, I feel like he does have the the inside track on the MVP. Though, uh, like I mentioned, he's averaging a triple double. Man, it's it's unheard of, and it's 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 crazy, man. I mean, he's impacting winning on so many levels. And I saw something that said, "Oh, well, you need to treat him averaging a triple double similar to the way Russ did." The difference is he's the one seed doing it, you know, 25, 11, and 10 with the efficiency he's scoring with, 63% from the field, 39% from three, 82 and a half from the line. That's insane, man. So if I were to rank my MVP favorites right now, I would say one is Yoke. I would say two is Tatum, I would say three is Embiid, because we're not even talking about it, but Embiid's leading the league in scoring back for the second straight season. And four, I would say, is Giannis. And it's it's doing a disservice to Giannis because I feel like we're becoming nose blind or eye blind to what Giannis is doing. But you got to put respect on Joel Embiid's name with how he's playing again this season, man. It's just, it's tremendous. Back-to-back scoring titles for the center spot would be unheard of. So that's kind of my list right now. My top four, I would say uh, Yoke, Tatum, Embiid, Giannis. Okay. Now, I agree almost in that exact order. And it's I want Embiid to win the MVP so bad because it would mean so much. Um, internationally, <clears throat> um, I just don't see him getting it over Jokic because I can really see where the Nuggets win 60 games. I can really see where Jokic is averaging a triple-double as a center, which I've never heard of in my life. Ever. I don't think that's ever been done. Now, back-to-back scoring titles would be amazing from Embiid, but back-to-back, uh, I mean, uh, the first ever, the first ever triple-double center, would be crazy. And I'm a production guy. Y'all know me. I'm all about what are you doing on the court? And I don't know anybody doing more than Jokic is right now. And if you take him off the team, the Nuggets are in the same position as the Houston Rockets. Um, They're in the same position as the Nuggets. Like, they're in the bottom of their conference type. So, as as bad as it is, I have Jokic. I have Tatum. I have Tatum. I have um, Embiid. I have Giannis. And then I have Kevin Durant, um, just because, bro, they, they, they're at the fourth seed because of him. Now, that's probably going to change, but at this part of the season, I give it to Kevin Durant. Now, oh, I feel like at, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I was saying okay. after the All-Star break, it's going to go to Luka for the whole season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Luka, they have, he has them in the, the fourth seed. They're three games above 500. But, Kevin, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are 31 and 20 right now. So, yeah, they just – they're going to go down with this Kyrie stuff going on. But right now, this part, I give it to Kevin Durant for that reason. Okay. 
That's respect. That's respect. I can't even be mad at that. And honestly, uh, I was always against – well, I'm not going to say against Jokic, but I always was pro-Joel in the Joel versus Jokic debate just because of Joel's ability to score and impact the floor on both ends. And, you know, he's averaging 1.6 blocks this season as well, man. So I agree with you. I really, really would love to see Joel Embiid win MVP. But if the Nuggets stays the one seed, man, I just – I don't see a world where – I, I mean, unless the Sixers catch the Celtics, then you're just plucking hairs. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, it just sucks that, you know, we're not going to see the MVP – in the uh in the finals, bro, because the Nuggets are not gonna win it. They're, They're not, not gonna get that far. So no. it's like it really sucks because my eye test tells me that Tatum is leading the Celtics to where they are, the number one seed. But Jokic could bro, you played power forward in high in high school, so I'm I'm gonna lead on you for this, right? When you're able to score and rebound at a high level, the last thing anybody's asking you to do as a big guy is to pass. And he's doing it He's doing it at the rate of a guard, bro. Like, yeah. Tyrese Halliburton is leading the league, but Jokic is right there. He's, I think he's, like, top three in assists for the season, bro. Like, that is that is unheard wow. of. I mean, Embiid is – what you say, two, about two blocks a game? Yeah, like, about two blocks. That's, like – traditional center on crack. But what we have in Jokic is an alien center. I've never in my life seen – I've seen flashes of it, like Sabonis' dad. I can't pronounce his first name. But he was kind of like this. But this is like 25, 26 a night, 11, 12 boards a night, 10 assists. I'm starting to look at Jokic like, where does he rank all time? Like, he just needs right. – he needs a championship, of course. But, like, this is becoming an all-time thing with these guys. Like – Tatum has been to the Eastern Conference Finals like what four times? He's only been in the league for six years. Uh, uh, Milwaukee, like Giannis, this MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, and the championship with the Finals MVP. Like he had a historic game in the Finals that fifteen and fifty and fifteen. I didn't forget what I saw, but like these are these are a great group of guys that we have to enjoy for the rest of the year. But like, like I said, for this year, I have Jokic as my MVP, which not what I wanted. I chose Ja. <laughs> ja let me down. Yeah, bro. I think I might have chose Jason Tatum as my MVP at the beginning of the year just because I thought he would be out for vengeance. And, I mean, it seemed like for a stretch he was. But, yeah, bro, you just – you got to just give – tip your hat to that guy, man, when he's averaging triple-double, bro. And, then and again, like I mentioned, bro, people wanted to say – oh, well, let's keep the same energy for when Russ was doing a triple-double. The difference is Russ was a six seed. Russ was a seven seed. This man, Jokic, is the one seed in that same conference. Yes. So, yeah, I don't even think it's the same thing, bro. And not only the seeding, but the efficiency he's doing it at, he's shooting 63% yes. from the field, yes. 39 yes. from the three. Like, it's like – yes. I can't even hate on that, bro. Like I, and to be honest, I don't even consider what I was doing hating because it's not like I was saying Miles Turner's a better center than Jokic. You know, 
I was yeah. saying the 1A, 1B guy, it's like, yo, nah, I'd rather take 1B because he's going to give me 30 and 10 in two blocks versus 25, 10, and 11. It's like, you know, I guess it's just different strokes for different folks, different what you want your center to do. But, geez, man, Jokic just – you want to say – You want to know a crazy Jokic stat, bro? He's only had a one game this season where he shot below 50% from the field. He's only had one. Oh, he's wow. only had one game, bro. And, like, Dynasty's listeners, I don't know if you heard the rise correctly. He just said 63% from the field. That means, guys, for every 10 shots he puts up, you can guarantee he got 12 points because six of them went in. That's number one. It's 38%, but it's actually 38.8% from three, which Which is almost 39. (laughs) So for every 10 threes, dang near four of them hoes is dropping, which is Steph Curry level. 12 points, you guys. Look, 82% from the line. But what he, like, I'm going to help you all out with this, right? He's getting to the line. He's getting six attempts at the line. So that means for every six attempts, five of them hoes went down. This is like utter production that we've never seen. And I want, I want our listeners to understand that. We've never seen a center do this. We've never – and he's not athletic. He's not athletic. He's not dunking on anybody. Like when Jokic dunks, it's a rim grazer. Yeah. It's a – my fingertips barely hit the rim. And nobody can guard this guy. Like he's Luka. As a center, he's LeBron as a center in his prime. Like now, LeBron was way more athletic, but think of like LeBron was two eighty when he was in Miami, running the whole show at the center position. We've never seen this before. Like, I hope our listeners are watching basketball like we are. Like y'all are. This is a treat, bro. Like this is really like iconic. We are in the land of we have legitimately three centers in the league something we haven't had since the 90s. None of us grew up in the 90s, right? Let's just get that out of the way. We didn't grow up that time. Made a bit more then, but we didn't grow up. That part. We need to get that established. You could have been born then, but you didn't grow up in the 90s. I consider growing up like you were 10 and you – During that span, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay, I bet. So we got – back then you had Hakeem, you had Duncan Robinson – I mean, David Robinson, excuse me. And then you had um, Patrick Ewing, right? Now we're in a league where we have Giannis, we got Embiid, and we got Jokic. And you could argue they're not what they were on defense, of course, those three guys back in the day. But on offense, Giannis might be. Giannis might be. We Giannis, I'm going to say Giannis is, and I say that for the simple fact that Giannis is on that list with Hakeem and Mike. Yeah. As the only yeah. player to ever, and I mean ever, ever win that defensive player of the year in the MVP in the same season. Same season, guys. You gotta put respect on that, bro. Like you can't same just, season. Like, and honestly, Embiid in in his four All NBA seasons, three of them were all defense. He was all defensive uh, team. So. I mean, if we're going to do it with some players, we got to look at Embiid. 
for his seven years that he's played. We can't look at the nine seasons he's been in the league because the first two he was injured. The seven seasons he's played, six of them he's been an all-star, four of those he's been all-NBA, and three of those four he's been all-defensive team. So you can argue he's the tier under – if he's not equal to them defensively, he's a tier underneath them because, I mean – and with Giannis, it it speaks for itself. I mean, seven all-star seasons, six of them he's been all-NBA, five of those he's been all-defensive team. And he got a defensive player of the year. So it's like – Giannis is up there with those guys, in my opinion. No cap. Um, <clears throat> I I feel like if the Bucks win another championship, what's that gonna? So that's gonna make him a two-time MVP. He'd be a Defensive Player of the Year. He's gonna win the Finals MVP if they get to the champion. If they win the championship, nice. so that's two of those, and that's two rings. He he's the. If he retired at that point, right then and there. Oh, first ballot Hall of Famer. First ballot. First ballot Hall of Famer. But he it's only because Tim Duncan won five championships that he won't be the best uh, power forward of all time. But right. he's right there after that. He's, he's Don't second. give me Kevin McHale. Most, most I, like I said, I wasn't born in the 80s. Don't tell me Kevin McHale at 17 and 10 is Giannis. I, and I'll tell you you're lying to me. He's, right. he's better than Kevin Garnett is. He's better than Carl Malone was. Um Hey, looking at an all-time great, and I and it's during this era of basketball. This era of basketball is the best era of basketball we've probably had since the '80s, bro. Because you know, in the '90s, like I said, I wasn't born then, but it seemed like it was Jordan's world, and everybody was living in it in the East. And that's what that's what everybody makes it seem like. So, I mean, I mean, what are we talking? About? I got, bro. I don't know. I, I mean. I just refuse to believe that if you drop Giannis back in those days, I know we're going off, so I'm going to get back on target. But I'm going to just say this. Um, if you drop Giannis back then in the 90s, nobody can fuck with him. All right, you old heads. You can carry the development if you want to, but I will tell you that Giannis, he would cook Ewing. Let's just put it that, that way. Putting it mildly. Oh no! They would put him on his butt. That was a regular foul back then. Like whatever, bro. They just be yeah. so. I just some <laughs> people I just hate basketball with, bro. It just it doesn't make sense. Doesn't, but I mean, look, we're we're in a great era of tremendous of hoops. Um, so let's talk about like these all stars, bro. These all-star snubs. Mm-hmm. First off, let me just say this real quick. Everybody that made the all-star and the reserves deserve to make it. I'll say that. Everybody that did make it, they deserve to make it. Now you can pluck hairs on who should have got in, but mm-hmm. I can't definitively say that everybody that made the all-star um, got in by – Maybe fans, the fans wanted them. The ones that got into the reserves, they deserve to get in there. But I know you said something about um, De'Aaron Fox. I know you talked about guys that are winning like Jalen Brunson. Um, I know who you don't want to be in the the, the reserve, but I'm going to let you get to that one. You know, bro, I – 
I'm gonna I'm gonna reiterate what you said. You know, everybody that was an all star deserved to be an all star. Everybody that you know made it deserved it because you know they're all playing tremendous basketball this year. They're all doing things that are not normal for the you know for the regular players in the NBA. I'll say that because. If everybody was doing what they were doing, then it wouldn't there would be no differentiator for like all stars, things of that nature, all NBA. Now, I'm not gonna say I didn't want him to be an all-star, but I just always was curious as to how are you going to consider wins into all-star. I guess you don't consider wins. I guess it's all just single stats. And if that's what it is, that makes sense because, you know, I mean, guys like like your boy, Shady Gibbs-Alexander, he averaged, he's putting up 36 and 5, 31, 6 and 5, essentially. I mean, they're not winning, but singly, like, like in his single person numbers, those numbers are tremendous. I mean, we've already mentioned Joel, Jalen Brown's having another tremendous season. He deserves to be an all-star. Lori Marketing, most improved player of the year, in my opinion, because of his contribution to wins. They're still fighting for the play-in. Um, but if I'm looking at it from a from a unbiased lens, the only person I feel like didn't really deserve it was Jaron Jackson Jr. And I say that because of the games missed and statistically. I mean, even though Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of the higher block average players in the league. One of the better, excuse me, 3.3 blocks is amazing, but 16 and seven. I mean, Anthony Davis was averaging better numbers than him and played about the same amount of games. De'Aaron Fox played more games, leading his team in, in points, second and assist, and they're a top four seed. I mean, it's, it, it was a couple people that I had questions about that made the all-star team. Another guy, Paul George. I mean, how did Paul George make it over De'Aaron Fox? Like, I just, I, I don't understand. I mean, 23, 6, and 5, his numbers are, are pretty good, but he's he's missed a lot of games when De'Aaron yeah. Fox has been playing. So, I just, those are my two, when I look at it unbiasedly, but – I feel like with all NBA teams, they need to consider winning because I don't think Shea deserves to be an all NBA team guard when guys like Steph, guys like Luca, Kyrie's an all star, Donovan Mitchell's an all star, Jalen Brown's an all star, Tyrese Halliburton's 20 and 10. I mean, Drew Holiday's an all star, Damian Lewis averaging day near 30, Ja's a top four seed. Like, it's a lot of guards when you start plucking hairs for all NBA in terms of wins, in terms of things like that. And the reason I said Shay might've not deserved it because I heart back to Devin Booker before Devin Booker was winning games, right? When Devin Booker in 2018, 2019 and 2017, 2018, both of those seasons, he will 2017, 2018, he averaged 25, six and 25, four and a half, and five assists, basically. Didn't make an all-star team because they weren't winning. 
that 2017-2018 team, they were not a good basketball team. That Phoenix Suns team won 21 games. The very next season, 18-19, his averages go up to 27 a game, four rebounds, and seven assists a game. But he did not make the All-Star team because they were 19-63. and I can't blame them for keeping him off the All-Star team because of those winning seasons, because of the win production. And another guy, before I turn it over to you, that I want that I also thought about when I was thinking about, I don't know if Shea deserves to make the All-Star team. Damian Lillard. In 2016-2017, Damian Lillard had a season where he averaged 27-6-5, right? Got mm-hmm. left off the All-Star team, but his team finished eighth in the West. Did not make All-NBA that season either. So I just – I'm thinking about it on that on that level. Like, okay, you're keeping a guy like Dame Lillard off who's had maybe one bucket less than Shea but equal numbers other than that all the way around probably was more efficient because, I mean, we we all can agree. Daniel Lillard is one of the most efficient scorers in the league, 45 from the field, 37 from three. That's efficient. I mean, he didn't average two steals and a block, but he gave me a steal. I mean, he's, he's 6'2". He's not going to get you a block a game. But he missed the all-star team, missed all NBA numerous seasons when he's put up 27, 26, 28, but they were a seven seed. They were an eight seed. So, that's the only reason why I felt like Shea wasn't going to make the all-star team. That's the only reason why I feel like he doesn't deserve to make all NBA is because at what point does wins come into play? And now before I turn over to you, this is the last thing I want to say, because I know someone has also rebuttaled this or retorted this to me. Well, what about LeBron? Well, when Shea almost averaged a 31 point triple double, then wins doesn't matter. And LeBron's still going to get to the playoffs. It's not like LeBron's going to be sitting home there. The Lakers are going to be in the playoffs this year. So there you have it. All right. So the reason I brought this up is because it's, you know, we talked about it off air. And you brought me, you brought to my attention some really good names. Um, And I want to mention them in a few. But for those that say, you know, why did LeBron make it? Well, LeBron's the face of the NBA. Let me get that out of the way first. He He is the NBA right now. All right, so he's going to be in the All-Star game off of that. Now, if you want to go to play, LeBron James is miles ahead of better than uh, Shea is. He's more efficient than Shea. He does more than Shea Gilgis if you know hoops. Let's just get that out of the way. All right. One of my biggest notes was James Harden. Um, Now, that's a guy that if you want to say, hey, um, hold on. Can you still hear me? Yes, sir. All right. Um, <clears throat> I think James Harden should have made it. I think he should have made it over Paul George. Grant, Paul George deserves to be where he is, but the Clippers are struggling. I know they're like the sixth seed, but he hasn't played as many games. James Harden has essentially been the reason why the the outside of Embiid is not Embiid. But he's the perfect go-along player for Embiid. I would argue even better than Jimmy Butler was back in 2018. They just fit better. And I think with 21 points and 11 assists and six boards, I think that should make – I think that that should prompt you to getting in there, um, especially when your team looks better than the Clippers. Um, I see why you were talking about Shea Gilgis. It took me a little bit to, like, you know, get into it, uh, really, you know, internalize it. 
31, 5 and 6 is nothing to sneeze at. But when you're like the 12th seed in your conference and nobody, you know, most people with any type of basketball sense, we don't see anything coming out of the Thunder. Um, so I see, I see what your point is with that. You can't, you know, if you're the best player on a really bad team, yeah, the defense can key in on you. But if you're not propelling your guys to the next step, you're not going to make it all NBA. And then in turn, I kind of see, you know, why you shouldn't make the all. So I agree with you on that in a sense. Um, but I had another snow for you, bro. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler needs to be an all-star. I don't know who you put above him. I, if I was if I was the picking the vote, I would have went over uh, with Butler over Julius Randle. Right. I don't think Julius Randle needs to be in the all-star. I mean, he's a good player. He's a little bit too inconsistent for me. And then if I just put him against Jimmy Butler, I'm taking Jimmy Butler every time, talent-wise. Yeah. And, and talent, leadership. All of that. I'm taking that above uh, Julius Randle. I think he just got in there for the for being on the Knicks. But if that's what you're going to do, then you might as well give Jalen Brunson. I um, agree. I definitely that should have that that definitely should have been the move. And then you know, I'm not trying to cast any friends of Jaron Jackson, but I take Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler over Jaron Jackson too. That's just me. Um, so a few tweaks. You know, I feel like we both put into that. And, you know, I'm glad we're kind of on the same page because there was a lot of guys, bro, that just got left off that really deserved yeah. to be Like I said, Jamie Butler. We just mentioned Jalen Brunson, James Harden. Um, the, you know, they, they awarded Zion Wilson. He's missed a lot of games. Uh, Anthony Davis has missed the same amount of games. Exactly. And you could argue in a vacuum then versus each other, Anthony Davis is better than Zion. I'm, actually, he, there's no argument. He is better than Zion mean, Williamson at this stage of their mean. career. So I don't, you know, it's like congrats to the guys that made it, but I could give you five guys and take five guys off. And I guarantee the all-star game will be more entertaining because it is a weekend for the fans. Right. I think they could have did a little bit better with the voting. I'll be real with you, bro. Julius Randle is not playing bad this season. 24.7 points, about 11 boards a game. I mean, he's shooting 45 from the field, 34 from three, 75 from the line. He's not he's not playing terrible, but I agree with you, bro. I feel like if anybody from that Knicks team should have made it, it should have been Brunson because Brunson's really been that guy for them. Now, Jimmy Butler, 21.7, 6-5. He's playing well. I mean, maybe it's just because the Heat aren't as successful as they were previous seasons. But yeah, I completely agree with you on on the other the other pieces that you mentioned. Anthony Davis deserved it. Darren Fox deserved it. Jalen Brunson should have been on there as well. It's a couple guys. Paul George. I like I said, Anthony Davis could have been up there over Paul George. No one would have been mad. Um, Jimmy Butler could have been up there over over yeah. George Randall. Nobody would have been mad. I mean, Jaron Jackson. It's like, yeah, I mean, come on. Am, am I mad about him or Darren Fox? Not really. I'm just glad they got the starters right because the starters are pretty much what they should have been. The only argument I have from the starters is probably Joel in the East. But at that point, it's like, do you take off KD? Do you take off Kyrie? They both are playing like all-stars this year. I mean, can't take off Tatum. Can't take off D. Mitch after scoring 70. <laughs> so it's, yeah. I mean, I, 
I would I would like to see a world where they change the all-star game, though. I would like to see a world where it's forget East versus West because uh, we've had this conversation off air as well. They draft teams, bro. Like, why not just have it be the best, the best 20 guys, the best 15, wow. 20, 24 players, and just draft the guys because one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Two, four, six, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twenty-four. Why not just take the best twenty-four guys? Whether regardless of conference, take voting for the best twenty-four guys. Just have a list of everybody, the top two vote getters, like they usually do. Team Giannis, Team LeBron, let the top vote getters draft the teams, and then just take the best guys. I mean, it just it makes more sense because you're you're in a sense you're in a sense taking away from guys like say in the Western conference for having more great guards than the Eastern conference or the East having a lot more wings that are better than the Western conference. You're like, you're, you're penalizing these guys. And I just, I just don't think it's fair. I I agree because the way Jalen Brown has looked, he should be starting the all-star game. He should be guys. He's averaging like almost like, well, I think it's like 28 and seven. Like four three or four assists. Like Jalen Brown is a problem. I know back when we were back in college, I I used to say Jimmy, but um, that Jalen Brown was essentially Jimmy Butler with a jumper. First off, he's better than Jimmy Butler is now, and he's more than Jimmy Butler is than a jumper. He's not the assist man, but he doesn't need to be. He's just a straight attacker. He doesn't take the ill-advised shots he used to back in uh, the twenty tens. This is Jalen Brown in his prime. Mm-hmm. Prime Jalen Brown. Welcome to it. He should have been a start on the all-star team. Um I I I have a problem with Zion as the starter, bro. I really have a problem with it. I think Anthony Davis, if you're gonna go back, you know, miss games, they miss the same amount of games and he's just a better player than him. So I would have given it to right. Anthony Davis. Personally, but um, I think what you said is a great idea. Just drafting the, the best twenty-four guys from the team uh, from the league, and just letting the chips go because that's going to be a better All-Star game. Um, it's going to be a better All-Star game competition-wise, and it's exactly. everybody's best twenty-four. I think that's a great idea. I hope the league listens to that. That's wonderful. That'd be dope, bro. Because another guy that we didn't even mention that could have had some consideration for the all-star game. Trey Young, 27 and 10, and he's sitting at home. He'll be sitting at home during all-star weekend. It's like that's that's crazy to me, bro. I, I don't I don't know. But I do want to salute those first time all-stars, man. Shay, Tyrese, those guys, those guys, they did well. Sabonis, Lori Marketing. All those first-time guys, man, they they deserved it because they played well. They played I agree. well. Yeah, man. But uh, so we tackled the the trade deadline coming up. We tackled the Kyrie stuff because we really wanted to talk to y'all about that. Talked about the All Star game. The last thing I had to talk about with y'all today. We would be remiss if we don't mention this, man. We live in North Carolina. We got to talk about it. The Carolina versus Duke rivalry basketball game is happening this evening at 630. 
Now, Alex and I were talking about it off air, man. This is the first time in a long time both UNC and Duke have been both unranked. And it happening in Cameron Indoor, man. I just I want to get your prediction for the game. Who do you who you got taking the game? You know, I'm going with Duke all the way. I know we ain't the best Duke team we've seen, but I'm going with Duke. I think it'll be a close game. I kind of looking along the lines of like 72 to 69. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, just because the rivalry is so old, I think that's gonna compel the teams, but I'm not I'm not talking junk off of this game to any of the UNC fans unless they say something to me first. Um, but tonight's going to be fun, guys. I really urge you to go out to Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, Applebee's, Ruby Tuesday, anywhere that sells good wings and watch the game. It's going to be fun. Yeah, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with my boys as well, man. I'm going to go Duke. Uh, they're 6-8 in the ACC this year, man. It's a it's been tough, but Carolina's right below us at seven. So, hey, we're we're undefeated at home this year. All the Duke losses have came on the road or at neutral sites. So, hoping that that can propel us to get a victory. We've been we've been beating everybody at Cameron Indoor this year, man. So, I'm a rock with Duke as well. And damn, uh, yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna get this dub. We're gonna, but like you said, I ain't talking no junk off off of this dub because, man, it has been a season. So I ain't going to talk junk to nobody off this dub. <laughs> nice. Retweet and like. Yeah, man. But uh, if if there was no other basketball topic that was pressing in your psyche, I think this has been a tremendous basketball episode, man. I want to let y'all know we are going to start bringing y'all these more often after this next weekend because that's when the Super Bowl happens and there's going to be nothing but basketball until the playoffs, NBA finals, March Madness. We're going to, we're going to be bringing y'all basketball content then. And this is our favorite time of the year. So, you know, like I said, man, if there's nothing else that you had a pressing basketball matter, then I'll go ahead and leave my, my uh, last note for the day and we can sign off. Was there anything else you have for the people? The Lakers are coming. The Lakers are – we are coming. We are coming for the playoffs. I know y'all can see a double Lakers. That's all I really – that's the pressing issue. That's why I wore the 20 with the with the, the Kobe with the Kobe. Y'all can see it. Um, but just know we're coming. We're coming for the playoffs. And after that, it's up like it's stuck. All right. My signing off basketball tidbit is – Boston, if y'all can get Jared Vanderbilt, make that move. Please make that move. That will set our playoff rotation perfect. We won't have to play Blake Griffin. Al Horford can play spotty minutes. We'll be perfect, man. So call call up the Utah Jazz, man. See what they want for them. But, uh, Sixers, call the Utah Jazz. Call the Utah Jazz and get rid of Tobias Harris, Sixers. Ooh, Unload him. Crazy. Oh, Unload man, him. That would be crazy. I think they'd probably ask for Maxi, but I don't think they'd get Maxi for, for Jared Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. That'd be – oh, man. I don't even think they'd give up Tobias for him, for real. Like, I would. I would, too. I would. <laughs> I would, too, no lie. But, but – uh. Other than that, man, just want to 
leave y'all with words of wisdom, man. It's became a staple here at the Dinosaurs Podcast, man. Just uh, just keep working hard, man. Even when people aren't seeing you, keep grinding, keep working hard because eventually your time is going to come. And when that time comes, be ready so you don't got to get ready, you know? And so, uh, yeah, man, that's what we're here at the Dynasty is doing. We're we staying ready so we don't got to get ready when our time comes to blow. So and y'all do the same thing in y'all lives, no matter what you're chasing. Just stay ready so you ain't got to get ready. So. Look, take care of yourselves. Go to the gym. Go exercise. The hardest part is day one. I promise you guys, but it's important to take care of yourself. Um, to have the best life that you can live. So you don't want to be hooked up to machines at 55. You want to be out, out walking. So exercise, um, stay prayed up and work hard. Like Mr. Caper said, work hard and enjoy the benefits after. So until next time, it has been your boy, Darius underscore Capers, Kung Fu Cape. And it's also been your boy Alex, I'll let him do his sign off. It's just the co-host of the most. If you want to tune into more basketball content as the season gets better, we're getting better. Tune in. You're talking, you're listening to two basketball minds coming yes, together to help your favorite team. If you know who works in the Lakers front office, tell them to hit me up at the highest order on Twitch. And on the PSN, if you if you want to get into the Instagram, follow me one zero zero l d b a z underscore. That's ten gold bands. I could get the Lakers ten gold rings if they hit me up. And I would be. I can't believe I almost forgot this. The Dynastiers are doing two dreamville festival ticket giveaways yes two tickets if you are a fan of jermaine cole like we are we are huge fans of jermaine cole jermaine cole the goat yes jermaine cole cold world new nat king if i ain't illest i'm the new vaccine you mean i ain't never did this before no yes i mean i ain't never did this before no and i ain't never did this before no i ain't never gave nobody two free dreamville tickets but that's what we trying to do here at the dynasty's podcast man all you gotta do is listen to the channel subscribe to our youtube follow us on ig like three videos like our shorts and if you do that, you qualify for the giveaway. The giveaway will be March 15, 2023, a live show on Instagram, a live show on YouTube. We will be choosing one person, yes, one person to give two free tickets to. So you can take you and your homegirl, you and your man, you and your side chick, whoever you want to take. You can even take your mom if you want to. But all you got to do is subscribe and follow us on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube. And you're into that giveaway. So, like I said, I'd be remiss by not mentioning that. So, please, please, please drop the follows because we want to give these tickets away, man. I'm going to get my ticket to go regardless. But, you know, I want to make sure you can be there celebrating with the Dynasty. So, I'm already in there, too. I'm already in Dreamville. I went last year. Take me out. Y'all do not want to miss this. I'm telling y'all, Dreamville is like that.
it's like that. You can have the best time. It's the look. It's gonna be in April, first weekend of April. Y'all have to partake into this. Take your girl with you. Take your side chick. Do that. You want to be there. You do not want to miss this. You do not. I went. It's fun as hell. <laughs> Let's do it. It is a movie. So, yeah, man. Until until next time, though, it's your boys. We appreciate y'all for tuning in with us. Here, we got to say about basketball. So, until next time, it's your boys. Yeah. Yeah.